Okay, one of the more common questions that I, that I get asked, and I think anyone that teaches uh, college-age students, uh, particularly boys, but uh, I think college-age students in general, um, and high school-age students as well, is uh, about using exams uh, for studying for other exams. Not just for studying, but very often you know that the teacher tends to use the same exam year after year, and someone uh, stole the exam, or uh, it's uh, you know they, they they when they were supposed to give it back, they didn't give it back, and now the whole class has it. So are you allowed to use such an exam? Uh, I've got uh, so one uh, young lady emailed me. Uh, she's in college, and she's the only she and one other from person are the only uh, from Jews in her class. The entire class has a stolen copy of the exam. And she doesn't know what to do, because on the one hand, she doesn't want to use it because it is dishonest. On the other hand, everyone else in the class is going to get 100 on the exam, and it's going to put her at a significant disadvantage. And on the third hand, I guess, uh, she, would, uh, she, she thinks the appropriate thing is probably that someone should tell the professor that, look, everyone has the exam, but she doesn't want to be the one to do that, because if it ever gets out that the from girl is the one who told the professor about, about the fact that uh, the people have the exam, that would be a terrible chil Hashem in the sense that not, you know, it could, it, one could view it as a great kiddush Hashem, that uh, the from person is the only one with the integrity to do something about it. So, uh, so they, uh, what was I saying? Totally forgot. Um, okay, we're talking about exams on some, some level or another. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, as far as cheating on exams, it doesn't need to be said. It should be a double posture. It should be very obvious to us that that is something that is absolutely prohibited to do. Rav Moshe has a famous shuv in Moshe, where he's asked about yeshivos that used to allow students to, uh, to, to steal the answers to the regents' exams so that the kids wouldn't have to study and they wouldn't have to be mevatal Torah. So by studying, they'd be able to sit and learn Yom and Valayla. And Rav Moshe, Rav Moshe, after saying how obvious it is that such a thing is dishonest, and Asr says that, don't worry, when people tell you that there are such yeshivas, it's probably just a bunch of anti-Semites making up uh, rumors because no Ben Torah would ever even consider such a thing and it's impossible that, uh, that such a thing is, is true. It's so counter to everything that a yeshiva tries to accomplish and to inculcate in their students that the accusations are obviously not true. This is obviously propaganda uh, that's been put out there by, by anti-Semites. I wonder whether he, he was saying that you know, with a straight face or he was uh, saying that as uh, you know, Divrei Musa perhaps. But whatever, that's what Moshe writes in the, uh, the Tshuva. Rav Azner has a Tshuva in Chalagud, Simon Kuv Samach Gimel of Shevet Alevi, about a principal of a girls' school in Tel Aviv was criticized for not allowing the kids to cheat on the exam and the parents felt that it was like you know, a tyranny that was being exercised by the principal and not allowing students to be dishonest on exams. And Rav Ozner was like shocked that anybody would even need to ask this question. And he points out that it involves many, many Yisurim. It involves Gnevas Das, Midvar Shekhar Tirchak. It trains a person to be deceitful. The Gemara tells us that uh, the Gemara tells us a story of one of the Amorayim whose wife used to give him a hard time all the time. And uh, she, whenever he would ask for one food, 
she would give him the other food, one that he did not like, and one day, all of a sudden, she started giving him everything that he asked for, everything that he was asking for. So uh, he said, so he said to his son, I, "I don't know what's going on. Your mother, all of a sudden, is behaving so nicely." And the son said, "No, I realized that she kept on giving you the wrong food. So when you asked me for A, I would tell her you want B, and then I know she would give me A, and then that way I'd get you the right food." And he said, "No, you, can't, you shouldn't do such a thing. You're being uh, m- you're being malamed yourself to uh, to be medaber sheker. A person should never." Uh, should never train himself in the ways of Sheker, even if it's for a, uh, for, for a reasonable goal. Certainly when there's no excuse to do it, one should not train himself to speak Sheker. But what we're talking about is not a, a blatant cheating. We're talking about a situation where everyone has the exam and uh, they're all using it. So are you allowed to use it? So I just yesterday, uh, I was in Hakol the Sefer in uh, Woodburn, and I picked up this uh, new Sefer, Living with Honesty, based on the teachings of Rav Yisrael Belsky. It was written by Rav Moshe David Leibovitz and Akiva Lane, no relation to Rav Moshe David Leibovitz, although we're uh, somewhat friendly. Um, I never met him, but we're, like, we're good friends on email at least. And, uh, and, and, and he's a Talmud of Rebbe And they have a, a couple of hundred pages of questions related to honesty that they asked Rav Belsky's and Rav Belsky's uh, answers to those questions. So one of the questions was from a university student whose uh, grades are graded on a, uh, on a curve in the class. And uh, the problem was uh, that the whole class has the answers. And this student was also offered the answers, but refused, but now is at a disadvantage. So what do I do? Should I, should I do more to protest the other students? Should I tell the professor? So Rebelsky starts by saying, this is difficult to answer um, because it's unclear what to do. But what is clear is what not to do. I mean, you certainly should not use stolen, stolen tests, that, that for sure. Um, the question is what you should do. Meaning, should you tell the professor? Someone should tell the professor, Rebelsky says, probably shouldn't be you, meaning if you can, uh, you know, because if it can get traced back to you, then you don't want to be that, that, that person. But he says, certainly you shouldn't use a, a, stolen, a stolen test. Um, but you can't run and tell the professor, because that that's also something that could ruin a lot of people. And uh, maybe it should be done, but by, by someone else. He says, protesting to your fellow, fellow students is not going to help at all. They're just going to laugh at you and uh, say that you're naive and you don't understand how things work in, in the world. Um, and I'm sure they have all sorts of, uh, they have all sorts of uh, justifications for what they're doing. So, uh, so this is one of those unique situations where being honest puts you in a very tough spot. And he says, Rabelsky says, I think that a person in such a situation should study exceptionally well, even if it's difficult to avoid getting some wrong answers on the test. Meaning, if everybody else gets 100, at least you'll get a 98. Meaning, study as much time as you normally put into studying. And he doesn't think that you normally have to study to 100, which is a very interesting uh, mahalich. He thinks that uh, there's no, no reason that a person should have to study so, so well for every exam to make sure that they know the material perfectly. You study to get an A. You study for a 90, uh, which is, an int- again, an interesting mahalich. One could make the argument that if you can do something, do it right. Make sure you get it perfect. One could also make the argument, depends on the class, and depends how important it's going to be, right? If, it's a do- if you want to be a doctor and you're studying anatomy, I prefer my doctor studies anatomy to 100 than, uh, than studying for a, a passing grade. 
um, you know, if it's or if it's uh, you know lahavdil when it comes to divrei kedusha, I prefer my rabbi. My rabbi studies Yeridea to a hundred and not to a uh, just to 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 a passing grade. It was. Uh, when I was in YU, the joke was, what do you call the guy who failed every single smicha b'china? And the answer was, rabbi. You know, like uh, the, the idea was that, uh, that somehow, everyone somehow comes out as a, uh, as a rabbi. I don't think that's actually true. But, uh, but anyway, that was the, uh, so you don't want, you, you want the person to know really well. But he says specifically over here, you want to study to the point where you're going to, uh, where you're going to do as well. But he said, you have to be super careful of the Chil Hashem. He said that he, there was one very well-known university where one of the deans announced that some people gave out the answers to a midterm to other students, and he described them as boys in skullcaps. I mean, you can imagine the level of Chil Hashem that's, in, that's involved uh, in that. Um, so this is something that, uh, you know, there are many times in life where it's challenging to be honest, but a person is obligated to be, to be honest. And Ravelsky writes that he's certain about one thing. It always happens, he says, that a fully honest, hardworking student ends up on top. The others somehow get deeper and deeper into schemes and actually end up digging a very deep hole for themselves. And there's a ha'ara chashuva ad ma'od that very often you'll lose the sprint, but you'll win the marathon. Meaning, in the short term, you may lose, your grade may not be as good as the other people who have the exams, but if they accustom themselves to always using shortcuts, and you accustom yourself to hard work, to a work ethic, and to, uh, and to doing what's right, so ultimately, in the end of the day, you're going to accomplish far more than, uh, than, than they are ever going to accomplish. Where it gets a little more tricky is what if it's not a stolen test? And what if it wasn't even a test that, uh, that the teacher asked people to give back and they didn't give back? It was, it was, it was, it, the teacher gives back the test and you just know that the teacher gives the same exact test every single year. So very interestingly, I always uh, thought that, it's, uh, that in that case, it's Dover Pashut, that it's mutu. The teacher's giving you the material to study from. They happen to give the same test every year. Obviously, you may get burned on that. I remember when I was in college, there was one professor that was known to always give the same tests every single year. So we always studied from those tests, and it was it was yadua, and there was no uh, and we asked Shailas about it. He gives back the test, and he lets you. So what what could possibly be wrong on the day of the final? It was in these giant rooms where they had a whole bunch of different people taking finals together. And uh, so I remember one, one time, the first semester I took this professor, first guy got his final, and he looked at it, and he put a, gave a thumbs up to the whole uh, back of the room, and everyone was like, yes. And that, then uh, the next time, the next semester, the same professor was giving his final, and he says, as, as he's about to give out the first one, he says, remember, gentlemen, he who lives by the Mesorah dies by the Misora. And he handed out a brand new test. And uh, everyone, so you are taking obviously a certain risk. But I thought that, uh, that, that if that's what the teacher is doing, as Rav Schechter pointed out, that uh, a teacher who doesn't make new exams and gives back the exams is being completely negligent in their own jobs. Part of the job of teaching is not to be lazy and to write an exam for, uh, for that class. In a way that's, uh, you know, obviously you're not going to, or Belsky points out, you're not going to write an infinite number of exams. But so if a teacher's teaching for uh, eight years and they have eight different exams, that's probably enough 
enough uh, variety, but he thinks even in that situation, so he could study from from all eight exams. But a teacher who just makes one exam and give, or two exams and gives the same ones every year, that is completely uh, negligent on, 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 on the part of the teacher. However, Rabbi Belsky says, even in that situation, Bal Nefesh Yachmir Alatzma. A bal nefesh, he says, should be machmir. Why? He says a bal nefesh wouldn't do such things because he may taint his nefesh. What does it mean, a bal nefesh? Someone is concerned about his nefesh. You might get used to taking shortcuts, and any time you get used to taking shortcuts, it's not a, a good idea. You're going to slip from one level to the next, and uh, and 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 if you want to observe. Midvar Shekhar Tirchak, he doesn't point this out, but the, the, some of the Mepharshim on the Chumash explain, why not just say Losa Shakir, which it does say in Chumash also, but why Midvar Shekhar Tirchak? Why Tirchak? It says Losa Shakru, right? Why, why, why Midvar Shekhar Tirchak? Because Tirchak means more than just the Losa say, that you should stay far, far away from anything that involves any level of dishonesty. And in that context, Rabelsky thought, that, uh, that, that a Baal Nefesh should be, uh, be Machmir. Then they, they asked as a follow-up question, let's say you really did study, you know the material, and you want to use the test as a review. And it's, again, a test that was obtained by legal means. Should a Baal Nefesh, by, by legal, not illegal, by legal means, should a Baal Nefesh even refuse to do that? So he said, I think that's even motive for a Baal Nefesh. I mean, if you're really putting your time and using the test as a gauge, he thought that even for a Baal Nefesh, you could be Machmir, because that's not about taking shortcuts. The reason Baal Nefesh Yachmir is as far as taking shortcuts. So at the end of the day, what's always important to realize is the, uh, you know, and the reason why this book is really, I think, a very important book is that um, a lot of times that people... Uh, uh, don't pay proper attention to the to issues relating to honesty. And uh, unfortunately, Rosh Hashanah always points out to us that unfortunately, you have a lot of very, very religious people, very uh, otherwise pious people who do some terrible things in terms of business and in terms of cheating on the government, cheating on, the, on, on business partners, in uh, stealing money from here, cutting corners. And uh, part of it is a lack of chinuch in this area. Most of it is the Yetzirah, that the Yetzirah for money is overwhelming and which is stems, as we've discussed, from a basic lack of bitachon, that a person who is truly botech b'ashem is not going to be uh, so nervous about, about uh, trying to get every last dollar that he's not entitled to. But, but it's also partially a lack of chinuch in the severity of these things. There are people that grow up thinking that, uh, oh, it's you know, stealing from an insurance company. Insurance giants, you know, what's the big deal? They're, they're billion-dollar companies. We're stealing from a government. What's one little person going to make a difference? We're stealing from a guy. or all sorts of ridiculous svaras that if you think about it for a few minutes, don't make any sense. So we need to be mechanic ourselves from a young age in this area. And the best way to be mechanic ourselves is those places where we have our nukudas abachira, where we have the greatest yates of hara for dishonesty. And the places where, we have, where students have the greatest for dishonesty is not with money, but it's with exams. And then ultimately, if we train ourselves properly with that, then when it comes to uh, when it comes when it comes to, to actual uh, direct Geneva issues, we'll uh, we'll know to be much more careful. Okay.